Crock Elite, a podcast about no effects. Everybody did an ocean near a USA. Then we all do surfing like no effects. Hi, Red. Hello, Brian Wilson. Me, it's me. I'm Brian Wilson. Look at me be mad. So, <laughs> was he the punkest member of the Beach Boys? Yeah, man. I think he was, the, he was like the punkest musician of the 60s, wasn't he? Took too much acid, went a bit mad. Yeah, Full yeah. Sid Barrett. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Who ironically was also around in the 60s. So, uh, <laughs> In fact, I, I would recommend a great movie about Brian Wilson. What's oh, it yeah. called? Love and, Love and Something with um, John Cusack plays an older version of him and Paul oh, Dano yeah. plays a younger version of him. Oh, cool. And it's brilliant, but it got it got a lot like not a lot of people have seen it, and I, I'm a bit confused by that because I think it follows the standard former of um, you know like there's a lot of music biopics now that got like a lot of views that weren't very good, you know, Bohemian Rhapsody, etc. Yes, the Elvis one. Uh, I didn't. I, yes. I, I heard the Elvis one was a bit tough. I... It's, it's fine. It, sure. Like like Austin Butler's performance is fantastic. Sure. And Tom Hanks is laughable throughout. <laughs> oh yeah, he's. Uh... That's actually a wanna... really really good impression. I genuinely I, I think he goes Chinese uh, oh, really? halfway through. <laughs> I. I... I've not seen it. I've saw the trailer a few times in the cinema, and um, and it, he's always about four four words away from saying, "I'm not one of your big city chicken lawyers." But yeah, I, it, <laughs> yeah, it's fucking atrocious. It's like fucking well, woeful. Even funnier when you realise the character he's playing is German. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's not German. No, no, it really isn't. But then a lot of Germans around that time were hiding their ancestry. Very good point. If you weren't good at, say, physics, um, <laughs> if you weren't good at making bombs, then uh, being a German was not a bonus in the US of A. Which is why at one point in the Elvis movie, you go, I am become manager, destroyer of livelihoods. <laughs> I mean, we could have had Elvisheimer. We could have had that. We could have done. <laughs> You're the devil in disguise. Oh, yes, you... <laughs> Maybe I didn't bomb you. Ain't nothing but a hound bomb. Ain't nothing but a hound bomb. That's all right, Mama. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> That's all right, Hisharama. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, oh, we've got an episode to talk about, yeah. We do, oh, well, and I'm it's not, we, yeah. It's not about Elvis this one, unfortunately. No, it was about it's. It's one of them's called Surfer, which is why, which is how <laughs> we ended up all the way here, being uh, talking about Brian Wilson and uh, the rest of it. No, uh, but equally, yeah, um, music biopics. Um, yes, sometimes you try to get Man in Black or whatever it was, the Johnny Cash one that was okay, and sometimes you end up with Sid and Nancy starring Gary Oldman. Oh yeah, it's not. I've not, I've seen that. That is really yeah. bad. I uh, I was given a box set of VHS 
no, c- come back here, young'uns. You want to hear about this? A box at VHS. You know, they used to do three of them in a little cardboard sleeve. I don't know if you remember. And they sort mm-hmm. of vaguely made them loosely connected. Yeah. And I think it was Sid and Nancy, The Doors, starring Val Kilmer. Sure. And Shallow Grave. What, the the Danny Boyle? The Danny Boyle, um, <laughs> the Ewan McGregor, Doctor Who... Um, living in a flat share from hell. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, it was quite good because that was, you know, I think I was about 16, 17. And so I was sort of, yes, let me absorb all of these counterculture made by big production companies, media, as I understood it, because I was very <laughs> clever. Um, and uh, I, I didn't even understand the means of production, let alone how to seize them. Uh, but I remember, <laughs> I remember being most excited about Sid and Nancy and going, this this is definitely the worst film of these three. Yeah, it's... Uh, the Doors uh, isn't great, by the way, but it is more watchable than Sid and Nancy, which I thought was just... Ugh, it was sort of... It was pretty bad. And, um, yeah, it's really funny because the uh, the guy playing Johnny Rotten is, is just playing Doc Cotton. I was just going to say... Oh, what, I don't know. What is it with, like... Because I feel like every time anyone has dramatized anything about the Sex Pistols, whoever they get to play Johnny Rotten is like nothing like him. Like they they just cast some public schoolboy to play him in like every piece of media that's about John Lydon. And I'm like, I I don't think it really works. No. (laughs) Well, the thing is with johnny rotten is the really thing you have to get to the base of it was, well, he, was, he was angry he was angry he was he was he was ruddy pissed off is what i would say <laughs> and so i really had to channel that you know like sometimes sometimes it's a cue at waitrose and you, and you channel that and i think that's really punk. Do, do you know what i think is actually the um the base emotion of johnny rotten it's it's not anger it's annoyance he's he's annoying he's he's a he's He's a nuisance. <laughs> he's he is annoyed and annoying equally. Yeah. He's want he's wanted to try and and vent to the annoyance he feels by being <laughs> as annoying as he feels to other people. Mm-hmm. Which is why he which is why everything he does is is contrary. And in the past week, uh, John Lydon has performed at the venue I work at with Public Image Limited. Oh, yes, that's right. They're on tour at the moment, aren't they? And apparently he's, he's a lovely man. <laughs> I, I imagine it, it depends on yeah. when you catch him. Yeah, I imagine yeah, yeah. he is a very conditional man. <laughs> yes, absolutely. That's how it strikes me. And not to forget that he's obviously still in, in mourning for a woman that he's been mourning for a long time while she was alive as well as is the yeah. nature of that kind of um disease that she she tragically had um but uh, i did see a uh i saw a, a video of it was like it was a a round table on what what am punk and there was i might have mentioned this before <laughs> but there was uh duff mckagan yeah henry rollins um marky ramone um was it uh may- maybe Kathleen Hanna from Bikini Kill sure yeah and and John Lydon uh, John Lydon will not shut the fuck up yeah 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 like so duff um what do you think 
uh, was really about punk. Well, you know, the way... Well, let me just say first, actually, no, I'll let you talk. I'm going to let you finish, but Beyonce had one of the best videos of all time. It was great. Like, he's fucking giving it all this shit. Sorry, Red's worlds have collided in a way that they didn't expect. But, yeah. um, oh, yeah. um, and, and all this stuff. And then... Um, he goes, what? And then... Henry Rollins, who has uh, done everything he can to remove any semblance of, of humor from, from his existence, is like, well, I remember, Johnny, you were uh, actually saying that uh, Black Flag were all like public school kids, you know, private school kids. Yes, and I was right, wasn't I? Hmm. <laughs> Proven me correct. And all this stuff. <laughs> it's just, he just won't fucking stop. And then, um, and then, and then it, this is about, this is about, 20 30 minutes long this video about 20 minutes in they go well anyway kathleen if i can come to you goes yes that's right because you've not asked her a thing yet sexist hmm it's like what are you fucking talking you maniac <laughs> he's just mad like yeah. he's he's just mad he always has been he keeps on telling marky ramon that he's not a proper ramon <laughs> like, all the real ones are dead hmm it's like fucking hell I'm like, someone's going to crack you in a minute. And I don't think I'd, I'd even blame him if they did. But, you know. Well, because I always remember the story in the 70s when he got stabbed. And I remember, like, fi- like, like watching that bit in a documentary. I think it's The Filth and the Fury. Oh, which is the Fury, yeah. A brilliant documentary. It's great, but yeah. With the bit where he gets stabbed, I'm like, yes, fi- finally. <laughs> like, yeah, it was bound to happen. Yeah. It's, yeah, no, I'm I'm frankly amazed that he 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 grew up to have all of his own teeth to go rotten. <laughs> would have been knocked out of his head if he just gone around doing that all the time anyway. <laughs> um yeah, a divisive a divisive man. Uh so yeah, so yeah, one of the things we're going to be talking about on today's episode is Surfer, the EP by No Effects, um which um we recorded this a while ago, but I remember us both enjoying it. Yeah, and I think what's really fun about this episode is we're kind of like exploring uh, outside influences. Um, Quite. You know, obviously this one, Surfer, the first album we're talking about, you know, influenced by um, Suffer, the Bad Religion album, which people are probably more familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're going to talk also, about... Yeah. Well, sorry, I was just going to say, they're going back to the, the Fuck the Kids yes. uh, system of fast songs, no frills, learn it, record it you know first draft last draft get it out the door kind of uh, approach which is uh, a very exciting uh, thing and sometimes when i think you see you see a very pure aspect of no effects uh, mm-hmm. and not overthought not overdone not overblown just you know them in their purest essence and i find that very exciting so uh, we we talk about that in a, in a bit more depth and as you're about to say red we've got um the first real big chats that we've allowed ourselves to have about a band that isn't no effects yeah which 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 will become will be becoming you know more of a theme as the the podcast progresses because you know we will eventually run out of no effects albums to review i mean as as we're looking down our recording schedule uh we're coming towards the end of no effects's releases full length or otherwise um Thankfully, yeah. like plenty more to be released, but in terms oh yeah, of no, but we we've recorded them and we are we are saving them. So, but yeah, no, we'll be we'll be well into well, yeah, we'll be comfortably into the new year by the time we run out of No Effects full length. 
But I suppose this is a, a little preview of the way it's going to go. We're going to start talking about other bands as well. And we thought that this was a perfect episode to sort of introduce that idea. Mm-hmm. Is that um, maybe next week, maybe not, but at some point in the very near release future, we'll start talking about uh, we're sort of going to do these episodes that we're calling peer pressure, yeah. which are the peers of no effects, the people they came up around, maybe they influenced them, maybe they were friends with them, maybe uh, no effects influenced them and, and all the rest of it. So that's the exciting bit. But the band we're going to be talking about is Rancid. Yay! Which we're both excited about. We're both big, big Rancid fans. And Rancid and No Effects put out a split release on BYO Records. And we talk about that in the episode. Um, and also, double fun, they cover each other's songs. Yay! And it is as weird as that sounds. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. Um, I mean, yeah, the reasons for it, we'll go into that in the main body of the episode because I'm sure we mentioned those. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have anything uh, coming up that you'd like to let the good people around? You've just got back off your hollies, haven't you? Happy I have, holidays. yeah. I, I, I went on holiday. My, my cousin got married in Portugal. So we went out with our... Um, we, we've got quite a large family because we're, we're from Irish stock. So it was a big old, you know, we, we haven't seen each other together in quite a long time. Uh, and it was very exciting. Um, but in terms of things coming up, I, you know, I've got a lot of work at the moment at Leadmill because basically September to November is one of the busiest times for stand-up tours. Um, you know, the Edinburgh Fringe is finished, so all the comedians are out on the road. We've got uh, Grace Petrie this evening. We've got... Ooh. Uh, Brian Butterfield twice coming up this week, uh, sorry, this month, which is uh, Peter Serafenowicz's comedy character, which I cannot wait uh, to see. Um, Amongst many others at theleadmill.co.uk, if you want to see our full listings. Um, And then I'll be gearing up for Panto, you know, like uh, the next four months is going to be just just work, work, work for me. Well, there you go. But but Uh... what about uh, yourself, Eddie? Oh, I wish I could say the same. No, uh, <laughs> you, um, you, uh, oh, at the end of uh, September, I'll be in uh, Chippenham. Yes, of course. I'll be uh, headlining the, uh, what is it called? The, uh, it's Will Hodgson's, uh, friend of the show, Will Hodgson's uh, show. And I've forgotten the name of the pub. It's the uh, Old Road Tavern, the Old Road Tavern in Chippenham. Um, I'll be uh, I'll be headlining the bill there. Um, I think you can see, oh, the Georgian Theatre in Stockton on Friday the fifteenth of September. So the Friday that this goes out, with goes out on the Monday. The following mm-hmm. uh, the, that coming Friday, you can see Discount Comedy Checkout at the Georgian in Stockton. And I am a member of that group. So uh, there's something like that going along as well. Well, I, uh, I think we've, we've uh, been teasing you enough. I think we should uh, let you hear the body of the episode. Absolutely. Wicked. Right. Well, we will see you on the outro. Oh, and we're just crash landing into 2001. Yeah, this is a fun little episode. It is. I'm excited about this. There's something uh, something very interesting about the fact that 
We're going to be talking quite a lot a bit later about a band who isn't NoFX. Yeah, I think this is exciting. Like, I'm really glad that we're doing these sort of like almost in between episodes where, because mm. obviously we're breaking down some of NoFX's biggest studio albums, but I'm also really enjoying uh, breaking down their EPs. And uh, today we're talking about uh, two tiny yep. little EPs that have come out. Yes, one um, one was just a sort of a seven inch. Uh, the other one, a little more substantial. It's got a, It's got the. Uh, it's got enough to be a a full album. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, so yeah, that one is technically an album because uh, it's twenty seven minutes long. This. This is so an EP. It's 13 and a half minutes long. <laughs> uh, beautiful. Uh, it's called Surfer. Yeah, I, I love these little uh, EPs because I think they really inform the uh, the rich tapestry that is NoFX's back catalogue. I mean, yeah. we're all familiar with, you know, Pumpkin Drublick, So Long, and their, their biggest albums. But I find I learn... A, uh, a lot about no effects from listening to these uh shorter pieces what was the um was it was it fuck the kids that um similar that is, is quite form. similar to this yes uh this is sort of um this is sort of the, the fuck the kids method again yeah and remind me when when um did Fuck the Kids follow uh, Pumpkin Drublick? It followed Heavy Petting Zoo. Ah, yes, of course. Be- because Heavy Petting Zoo was laboured, overly laboured, uh, in the mind of Fat Mike. He said that spent too long doing it, and that's why it came out uh, not as he would have wished. So the next thing they did was uh, 20 minutes per song, or something like that, or wrote, wrote the songs very quickly, didn't teach the band them, taught them in the studio. The first full take they completed was the one that was printed. No matter, you know, the first one they managed to do without really fucking up badly. And that's what Fuck the Kids became. And they did it again. Uh, and Mike says that he gave himself 10 minutes to finish each song. And, um, and then, yeah, recorded all of it sort of live essentially and i think it's um it's very very cool i really really enjoyed this just putting it out there to begin with we'll talk about the the cover the album cover is a parody of surfer of surfer of suffer by bad religion mm-hmm. uh cuz that's got a uh, a young lad stood uh with a bad religion t-shirt on whilst on fire in a sort of suburban dwelling Yes. This is the same thing with the same fonts, but no effects surfer and is on a beach and he's in a wetsuit with a no effects logo on the back of it, still on fire. Um, very cute, funny, has nothing to do with anything. And uh, apparently etched into the vinyl, uh, the masses of humanity have always had to surf because the song, the bad religion song, which, uh, lyric which is etched in the masses of humanity have always had to suffer <laughs> so uh and suffer is maybe my favorite bad religion album yeah it's definitely up there for it's me wonderful it's um, so good 
there, there are others that I think are oh, similarly yeah. good, but yeah, again, it, Bad Religion have got a lot of music in the world, and uh, but I I remember getting Suffer because I thought the the cover was really really cool. I was sort of looking to get into Bad Religion, and then um, it's brilliant, and it's got Do What You Want on it, which is uh, so cool. But anyway. No, talking about bad religion. We're talking about no effects and uh, this. So, uh, yeah, did you? How did you dig this one? I really like this. I think of the two EPs that we're discussing today. I think I preferred this one. Oh, really? Cool. Uh, I also think that this is. I know we mentioned uh, the "Fuck the Kids" EP earlier, and mm. that this is uh, wrote in a similar vein. It's used, uses uh, similar strategies and sort of like how quickly it's been put together. But I think this is a real improvement on that um i I prefer this one to fuck the kids yeah yeah like fuck fuck the kids is very messy around the edges in this and i don't know the reason for it maybe they just generally have become a better band through experience but it feels uh tighter it's got more like my criticism of fuck the kids ep was that it didn't have flourishes it didn't really have many harmonies um it doesn't have like the extra little uh treats and charms that no effects add to their tracks and yeah. i think this has a little bit more of that yes it does yeah there's um like with a juice head that would have been quite boring without the harmonies and stuff mm. or not boring it would it wouldn't have been as good anyway but yeah i think this one is is like fuck the kids deluxe yeah it's it's a it, it's a better all round experience because those things that make no effects more interesting, or what make them sound like no effects, weren't entirely present on Fuck the Kids. Whereas on this, they found a brilliant way to do it. I'd 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 love it if they did more of these and some of the like the Seven Inch of the Month Club and stuff like that. Similar, what? but I uh, I really like. I think this is when you see quite a sort of pure now effects, like an mm. unrefined ore. Yeah, I, I think the their songwriting in particular did a lot of growing up around the decline and pump up the valum. Like, I, I think that they're a much... Um, I think they're just much better at writing songs at this point. And I think that yes. really shows on this. Yes. Um, yes, because... Uh, let me see. So, fuck the kids came out nineteen ninety six, and this came out two thousand and one. So, there's been you know seven years. Yeah. Um, six or seven years in between the sort of you know that that time, and that's that's quite a lot. And during that time, they released um, they released so long and thanks for all the shoes and pump up the valum and the decline that's quite a that's quite a chunk of of pretty relevant work for a band you know it would be like um i'm not even going to bother but you know it, it i suppose it would be the difference between if you sort of had to, you know an ep that rancid released uh it's a personal band so i'll use them after they released their self-titled if they released an ep and then they released let's go Outcome the Wolves, Life Won't Wait. You'd expect the EP they released after that and before Rancid 2000. You'd expect it to, and, and they sort of tried to do it in a similar vein. You'd expect it to be 
like that first EP, but more. Yeah. Because they're better at being rancid by that point. No effects are better at being no effects at this point, which is why Surfer is um, is is funny and interesting, um, and I like it a lot. And it is, yeah. So we so we've got thirteen songs on here. Fourteen. Fourteen songs, thirteen and a half minutes. That's good for me. So you got, uh, and some of these songs sort of flow into one another as well. Like the first two, "Fun Things to Fuck" and "Juicehead." Yeah, they and, sort and of. It sort of reminded me of the decline at this point. You know, because <laughs> obviously, like we've we've only recently uh, put out an episode about the decline, but obviously that is a big eighteen-minute song, yeah. and there are, as you said, a few songs on here that run right into each other. And again, like I think that that is. Um, a sign of improved songwriting. And also, I think there are more things like tempo changes and stuff like that all over this. Um, I mean, like, Fun Things to Fuck starts off with that sort of... It starts off with that very slow, and then it goes uh, into... I mean, what I like about it is it's got sort of like a Broadway... Melody, mm. it's like da 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 da. It's like, all right, fucking straw hat and cane. It's you know, it's that's great, and that's and that's more. It's super catchy. It's super funny. Um, uh, fuck the fans of Blink One Eighty Two, which is illegal if you're born in eighty three. So there we go, predicting the pop punk backlash that would happen mere minutes after this song was released. But yeah, um, and and so I think yeah, to be able to write something like that a lot more quickly, whereas on "Fuck the Kids" it was sort of we've got one riff, we're going to do it over and over and over again, and then stop. And I still like it a lot, but yeah, and then "Juicehead," which I'm not really sure what it is. It's about steroids. No idea. But uh, a lot of these songs you hear popping up in their, you know, eight songs in six minutes or whatever, you know, they they sort of sprinkle them in, which is quite fun. Yeah, because there are songs in here that, you know, I've heard live, for instance, the new Happy Birthday song. Yes. Well, that's that made it onto their second live album. Mm. Uh, and yes, the new Happy Birthday song, well, the, I think they sort of change it to be very specifically about the individual they're singing about and all that kind of thing. Um, uh, yeah, I think it's, uh, I, I think there's some, it's weird. I sort of have to, I think of this as like one piece of music. I do treat this as like one whole yeah. thing. Cause again, it's 13 minutes long. So sort of, I wouldn't go, Oh, I'm going to pick that one song off of this. You just sort of, you'd listen to the whole thing, wouldn't you? Really? I, I also think this is a rare thing in terms of uh, normally on a NoFX album, you have uh, quite a lot of, um, it, I suppose, diversity when it comes to like the, 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 the tracks don't all sound the same. There's normally, you know, like a Scar track, um, you know, a, a big fast opener. Yeah. Um, some short tracks and longer tracks. And there's normally like a lot of different stuff going on. I agree with you. I, I feel like this album, a lot of these songs are in a, a similar vein. And mm. I'd say this is a this is an EP where no effects are going 
like full hardcore because I think NARFX aren't normally a straight down the line hardcore band, but I do think they are on this EP. Yes. Um, and then they, they do, uh, they do something sort of like that. They do a, um, they, they do release an EP called No Effects, which is a, a hardcore cover album cover ep oh cool um in about 2011 so we're we're not we're not too close to it yet but that is just i think there's one original song on there but all the others are like um they just they just do a load of hardcore songs and i think that it's pretty exciting <clears throat> but i think they i think every so often they uh they do like to go back to their roots and remind people that they're that they are at heart a hardcore band yeah and and I would say that this album, Suffer, they are the band that they wanted to be on Liberal Animation. Maybe. There's not quite the RKL influence here. True, yeah. And the riffy stuff, but, but I do see what you mean. This is slightly more Bad Religion-style hardcore, the melodic hardcore. Mm, yeah. Uh, not that... Um, RKL aren't melodic, they are, but they're a lot riffier than uh, than that kind of thing. So that's um, yeah, and it, and I think it's good. You got any standout tracks on this? I absolutely love "Can't Get the Stink Out." Oh yeah, it's a good one. It, it reminds me of uh, other NoFX tracks, later NoFX tracks. It's there's a lyric line in it which I think is sonically quite similar to a line in seeing double at the triple rock um the um what is it when you're stuck in minnesota oh and you got a drinking quota yeah there's like a line in can't get the stink out that reminds me of that Mm. um but i I think that's a really really fun song it's again it's a super short song it's got great harmonies um yeah i think that that's the high point for me Mm. what about you it's difficult to say. Um, I I like puke on cops. I like um, I really like Juicehead, and yes. uh, that that's a real treat for me. I like fun things to fuck and Juicehead taken together. I like them a lot. Yeah. Um, I think uh, woe on the woes is uh, is very funny. Um. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's sort of I've I've seen I've seen videos of people like oh this is when NoFX was calling out Offspring and AFI, and I was like they're not really calling him out, given that he's spoken fondly of both of those. But it's just one of those things. He's just it's it's funny though. Uh, but yeah, and um, uh, yeah. I think those, uh, yeah, in fact, in fact, three on speed as well. I like so those first three songs. I think it starts off super strong. Um, yeah, there's, but again, I just take it as a whole thing. Yes. I like it, but Puke on Cops is is very very fun as well. And uh, what um, what album does Party Enema end up on eventually? I'm not sure because it's definitely a song that I'm super familiar with, but I'm guessing it's I don't know it from this ep let's have a look 
Uh, it's on there. Um, is it? Hang on. Let's have a. It might it's even on be on the, the greatest, greatest hits. hits. Yeah. It, it is on the greatest hits. Yeah, I've just uh, checked. That's where. Yeah. So uh, yeah, some of these do end up on the greatest songs. Um, How interesting! I wouldn't yeah. have thought a song from this EP would have ended up on the greatest hits, but that—that's that, really cool. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I. We've sort of spoken about this in other EP episodes, but I think Mike's love of vinyl, of seven inches, of EPs. I think he likes to have no effects very heavily identified with a band that puts out EPs. Mm. They put out maybe like four singles ever. But an EP, that's a very punk thing to put out, you know. It's sort of That is interesting. Um and that's my my theory anyway. Yeah, so they've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine singles and probably double that in EPs. And also someone that they've included the decline as a as a single. <laughs> so so that's eight. So that's eight. So the decline on, on Wikipedia, the decline is listed as an EP and a single. That's funny. Yes, yeah, so that doesn't really work. Um but um so yeah uh, and then yeah fat club which was the seven inch of the month club so they were so yeah so all right so they have released like a year's worth of seven inches but again it's seven inches in eps isn't it that's the that's the sort of that's where the magic lives for mike i think particularly with bottles to the ground you know his new label where they're only releasing 10 inch records so clearly that matters to him. And so I think to put the point I was trying to make, to include stuff off of the EPs on the greatest songs ever written by us is entirely part of it and makes total sense. And is and is definitely valid because but although I do prefer them as sort of their own thing, their own little mini thing that you listen to as one that's what uh i think it was it was uh danny barris who said uh the reason he loved um fuck the kids and surfer was because uh you can unload and reload the dishwasher and have listened to the entire thing by the end of it (laughs) that's a very i mean that's a very 40 year old domestic punk fan way of thinking about the records but i did think that is a good idea so that's depressing um yeah so um (laughs) so yeah i think uh, i think so far i prefer it to fuck the kids and i really enjoyed fuck the kids so you know so the the next thing they released after this oh in fact the next thing they released after this was uh, was the next thing we're going to talk about I don't know if we're quite there yet is there anything else you'd like to say about surfer i just think that um these little eps that they do are a really interesting uh, palette cleanser i think it um you know it reminds me of how um you know no effects have different approaches to music they never do the same thing twice 
Um, and I think this is a really good way of recharging the band creatively in between larger studio albums. I think this is a great idea. I think it's executed well. Um, and I, I think it just adds a little bit of variety to their already in, in incredibly like diverse back catalogue. I absolutely agree. I think it's the the benefit of having a record label and i think he might have owned or had some ownership of motor city studios at this time as well uh-huh. in which case if you want to go and do what is ultimately an experiment that might yeah. not be fit for release even if it only takes a couple of days that's still a couple of days in the studio that costs money that you know and all that stuff and then to ultimately not put it out which is possible could have happened that's a risk but you can take that risk and I, I guess that's why a lot of other bands don't do that you know nowadays people sort of demo at home on their laptops or you know computers or whatever and then sort of once all the band have learned their bits possibly away from one another or like in a couple of rehearsal studios go in and try and and um, smash it out as quick as possible you know, if you if you're the one in charge of that, you get to say how long you take. And what's nice is that you don't give yourself you two lengths of time to sort <laughs> of you know to to dwell and fester. You just go in and go, oh, we're gonna. Have you got two days? You got two days? You got two days? Okay, we're all going in on this, and we're gonna come out with an EP. Yeah, it's cool, isn't it? It's very exciting. It's really really cool. It's um, it's. Uh, it's the bits where I sort of, that's where I sort of remember that I'm quite excited at the prospect of doing improv because you don't really have to prepare anything. You sort of go in, you do it, and then you come back out. Whatever happens, happens. But that's, you know, and that's exciting of, of what could happen. You don't know. There's no guarantees. So, yeah. So if you've not listened to Surfer, highly recommend it. Really, really, really good. And you can listen to it all on YouTube. You can listen to it all on YouTube. Um, you can listen to most of it on their 45 or 46 songs that weren't good enough to go on our other records. Oh, actually, that's where it might have been from rather than uh, The Greatest Hits. I'm not sure. Ah, uh, yes, of course. Which is... Uh... Let's have a look. Yeah, it's not on the it's not on the greatest hits. Oh well. No, uh, yeah, it's on, it's track six on disc two of uh forty five or forty six songs that weren't good enough. Yes. Oh well, never mind. Um so we uh forgive the uh forgive the misinformation. But uh, I think you can get Surfer and um fuck the kids apart from one track of each of them that were left off the um 45 or 46 uh, so that the eps would retain some value as is my understanding so um yeah cool surfer amazing now we've gone from a a, a single ep to a split album yeah, this is a fun one. I hadn't heard this before we, uh, you know, sat down to research this ahead of this episode. Mm-hmm. 
Well, what we've got here is the BYO Split Series Volume 3. So BYO, um, I think it was Youth Brigade's record label. And they put out a number of um, splits with bands who I don't believe are actually on... um, on BYO, they might have been though. I, I I can't say that for definite, but the up until this point there had been two BYO splits. Okay, the first one was Leatherface, a great English punk band, and Hot Water Music. They're good. Yeah, and in nineteen ninety nine, oh the all of these came out in ninety nine by the looks of it. Um, they released a uh, a split album of six songs each. Then they did Swingin' Utters and Youth Brigade. <clears throat> and the third one, this one, the fourth one, which uh, in my um, in the little uh, information slip I got in my copy of the CD, coming this fall, Volume Four, featuring Bouncing Souls and 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 Anti Flag. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes. Oh. Well, Bouncing <laughs> Souls are good. Anyway, so but we're here to talk about the third volume, volume I-I-I. And that is no effects, because otherwise what else would we be talking about it? And Rancid. Yeah, what a lovely pairing this is. I cannot tell you the excitement when I was... So the 5th of March 2002, this was released. I was uh, still in my first year of university. And Rancid and No Effects were essentially my two favourite bands at this point. So you can imagine how excited I was when this was announced in Kerrang! Or wherever I saw the, the announcement. I was like, you're absolutely kidding me. Are you taking the pet? This is insane. And I I got it the day it came out. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I was straight into town on the bus to Warrington. And I didn't even care that I was on the bus to Warrington. I was just that excited. I got it. I got the green one. There's two versions of this. There's one where the... I feel uh, like on the bus to Warrington is a rancid song if... Tim Armstrong had grown up in the Lancashire area. Yeah, in the northwest. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, burst to Warrington. Go past Newton the Willows. <laughs> All of the roundabouts make me sick. Yeah. <laughs> um, that would be uh, that would be pretty exciting. I uh, I rem- the the cover was um, a photograph by Tim uh, Tim Armstrong. Someone stood on a uh, a broken Stratocaster, and it has PUNX carved into it, um, and it's black and green. Hello, everyone. Eddie here. Red and I hope you're enjoying our show. If you have been and would like to help us make it a little more easily, then you can donate to us at our coffee page, which is ko-fi.com forward slash punkrockelite, or you can look in the show notes for our link tree. If you can't help us financially, we totally understand, but would love it if you spread the words to other people who would like this podcast. We thank you for your continued support. We massively appreciate it. Back to the show.
So you hadn't heard this at all before we uh, before we said we were going to uh, listen to it. No, and and similar to you, you know, very excited when I heard of the concept. Uh, huge NoFX fan, huge Rancid fan. Uh, really excited to hear them both uh, play songs of each other's. Um, I, hey, I, I do. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm gonna have a few hot takes in this, so I, I want to like. Uh, warn people that I, I'm not, I'm not in love with this EP. Oh wow! Um, I think that the premise is stronger than the final product, than like the execution. Okay. Um, right. But I think it's still really interesting. I'm really glad I've taken the time to listen to it. Um, I I may or may not listen to it again and listen to it in a bit more depth. Mm-hmm. And um, final hot take before we really get stuck into it. I actually think Rancid do a better job on this. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, cool. I prefer Rancid's half of the album. Cool. Well, I'm going to read the liner notes in full because it's just a little essay from uh, Fat Mike. Uh, handwritten and then sort of scanned in. So... Uh, It goes, so I'm in Ithaca, New York at a keg party in the summer of 88. And this kid says that I got to hear this Operation Ivy 7-inch. I say whatever, and he puts it on. It sounded weird and not very good. Then this kid turns the record player from 33 to 45 and starts it over. Yelling in my ear came on, and it was about the best song I ever heard. A couple months later, I was at Ruthie's Inn in Berkeley seeing off Ivy play. I'd never seen them before. It sounded weird and not very good, but it was an awesome show. I I introduced myself to Lint after the show. He was wasted and slurred at me that I had just witnessed the worst off-Ivy show ever. I told him I would come to the next and decide for myself. So I'm in Maui at a fish taco stand talking to Sean and Mark Stern about how the surf was too big, and they asked me if I wanted to do a split record on their label BYO. I said, yeah, but I kind of meant not really. (laughs) Not really. They suggested we do the split with Lagwagon or Pennywise. I told them that we were too similar to those bands and that it would make a boring record. So they said, well, why don't you think of a fucking band then, tough guy? I I told them politely that I would think about it and get back to them. So I saw Op Ivy in a, a, so I saw Op Ivy a bunch more and Lint was right. That first show was the worst. But then they broke up. Bummer. Then Lint calls me one day and tells me I should check out his new band that he started with Matt called Generator. So I go to their rehearsal and they were like hardcore or something. But this doesn't matter because they broke up real quick and started Rancid. So back on the mainland, I tell the Stern brothers, how about Rancid? If you guys can get Rancid to do the split, then I'll do it. But I was really thinking they'll never get Rancid to do it and I won't have to do this stupid thing. Then they would call then they call me and tell me that Rancid said they would do it. Shit, I tell themselves. Cool, I tell the Sterns. Then they say that Tim, who we used to know as Lint, thinks that it would be cool if we covered each other's songs. Hey, this sounded pretty cool. I hadn't thought of that. This whole thing was starting to sound bitchin'. I asked them if this meant I had to play all of Matt's bass riffs, and they said <laughs> I could do whatever the fuck I wanted to. So I tell them so I tell myself, cool. And I tell the Sterns, cool, fatty. Cool. Yep. 
so that's uh that's pretty much how it goes um and i think absolutely saying no to lagwagon or pennywise and yes to rancid is definitely the way it should have gone yeah absolutely but interestingly enough i was thinking yesterday oh i would love for no effects to do this again with other bands and two of the bands that i thought of i would like to hear would be uh, a lagwagon split and a pennywise split they have done it again they did it Ooh. with frank turner oh cool frank turner they did west coast versus wessex where they ah. covered each other's songs uh in this byo style but that was released on fat i don't think it was a byo one we should definitely uh, listen to that when it comes around. Oh, we'll be getting there, but it's uh, it's a fair old way. I mean, this is 2002, and uh, Frank Turner wasn't really um, around. Uh, I think I think A Million Dead was still going on at the moment, so the Frank Turner that is known now, million years away. But um, so yeah, so that's it. So there's six songs. We'll be talking about them. Uh, did you? Well, which order did you hear them in? Did you hear them in No Effects first and then Rancid, or? Yes, I heard No Effects first and then Rancid. Okay, then. Well, that's good because I suppose it means we're coming from the same perspective. Yeah. Okay, so um, a few things of note: recorded and mixed. No Effects is recorded and mixed at Motor City Studios. Um, uh. Chuck from the Mad Caddies did some backing vocals, not all of them, but some of them. And Sasha from the Mad Caddies played the guitar on radio. Uh, Ronnie King played the Hammond. And um, that's about that. Uh, Rancid um, did what you'd expect them to do. Still Brett Reed in the band at this point. Um, right, yeah. So um, I think this might have been the last one that Brett Reed was on. I, don't, I can't remember when Indestructible came out, whether it was... Actually, Indestructible might have been a bit later. I think it's like 2005, bit. I want to say. It wasn't that. It was out when I was at uni and I graduated in 2004. Ah, okay. But... Um, oh, no, it was. this was just before Indestructible, which was 2003. So this yes. was a penultimate release for Brett Reed. Um, and, uh, yeah, so no effects cover. I'm the one Olympia, Washington, Tenderloin, antennas, Corazon de Oro and radio and rancid cover moron bros sticking in my eye, Bob, don't call me white, the bruise and vanilla sex. Mm. So what were your first impressions when you heard this? I do think that. There are some strange song choices on here. Go on. And I don't... And now, bear in mind, like, obviously, we have been um, researching and going over the NoFX album up until this point. So, like, I'm much more uh, aware of NoFX's back catalogue up until this point than I am of uh, what songs Rancid had come out with. But I'm guessing they will have done An Outcome the Wolves because... They've done wolves. They've done it. They've done um, uh, everything up to Rancid Two Thousand, the black and white skull one, like their little hardcore uh, album. 
Yeah, sure. Little hardcore, listen to me condescending, but you know, they're, they're, they're hardcore album in 2000. Like I say, um, so things like Fall Back Down and stuff like that hadn't come out yet because yes, that was on course. Indestructible. So, yeah. I, uh, you know, because I think, <clears throat> I think there are good songs on here. I, I think the uh, Olympia Washington is a good cover and a good choice. I also enjoy their cover of uh, Radio um, because I always love an excuse for Hefe to get on lead vocals. Yep. Um, That's also the only one from this that has made it into their regular set lists. Yes, I thought that I'd seen them play this live. I've seen them play this live at least once, if not twice. Um, yeah, they, they did keep this one as a, uh, as a live, as a live favourite. A little bit of me, and I know it would make it technically not a no effects rancid split, but a little bit of me wants them to do sound system by Operation Ivy. Yes. Yeah, if they if they'd put in an Operation Ivy thing or something like that, that would have been very, very cool. I can see why they didn't though, because I think I think Mike might have too much reverence for Operation Ivy. Yeah, fair. Fair. And, you know, like, I, I just think that on the NoFX side, you know, like Tenderloin and Antennas are just a little, I, I, find, I find the songs like a little dull. And I kind of wish they did Roots Radicals. <laughs> I think that that would sound really interesting in NoFX or... Junkie Man, Time Bomb, Ruby Soho. I don't know. What, another big track from An Outcome the Wolves, I think, would have been very welcome here. I, I don't know. I, th- I think that I think there was possibly a decision to not do that. Yes, I think you're right. I think. Uh, I mean, I all of these songs that they chose from Rancid's back catalogue are songs that I absolutely love by Rancid. And it's interesting. It's it's let's go heavy. I'm the one tenderloin. Uh, and radio are all from let's go there's one yeah. from wolves in olympia washington there's one from rancid 2000 which is antennas and corazon de oro from uh life won't wait which is one of my favorite songs by uh by rancid i was i remember i i, I remember not being in the least bit disappointed because olympia washington is one of my favorites from uh outcome of the wolves as well yeah i think that's great and i thought uh I, I thought the the sound was just brilliant. I thought the way they took the songs and made them make sense with no effects sound was really really clever. I thought it was uh, a very smart one. I like I love the bass tone and I'm the one. I uh, I love the he doesn't do the walking bass or he does the walking bass line a bit here and there, but like in Tenderloin, which is the bass doesn't st- sit on one note. It's you know, yeah. it's it's a walking bass line. It's like a jazz bass line throughout it. But the way he changes it to that little triplet thing that he does, he sort of he does his bass flare where Matt does his bass flare. Like he doesn't do the same style of bass flare. Yes, he like he like puts his own one in it, which I think is brilliant. And um, and I think that one of Mike's most earnest vocals comes on Corazon de Oro. Like, there's no wink. There's no. It's a very, very genuine um, performance, and I really, really relish it when he does do a 
genuine, not sarcastic, not ironic, not tongue-in-cheek vocal. And I don't think he does it as often as I would like, maybe. But, yeah. So yeah, so what's your what's your favourite from the uh, from the no effects side? I think Olympia Washington is my fa- or, or actually it might be Radio. <laughs> radio is great because I do I do think Radio is is really good. Um, but yeah, you know, like I, I think I'm just a little. I, I'd I'd like there to be. And because I'm not, uh, I, I'm a, I'm a much bigger fan of an outcome the wolves than I am. Uh, is it let it go? Let's go. Let's go. Um, so I'm I'm much more. Uh, I'm a bigger fan of that era. So I would have liked to have heard another song from around there. And I think there's so many on an outcome the wolves that I'd like to hear No Effects cover because I think that they really lend themselves. Um, so you know, I, I just think that there would be. I just really want to hear Fat Mike sing Roots Radicals. That's just all I want. Um. Yeah, I think um, <clears throat> I think maybe there were some decisions made about that I think Mike maybe didn't want to sing about being a working class street punk skinhead. Yeah, fair. Yeah, because he, he's not. <laughs> you know, he might he might have felt stupid, like he was doing punk face sure yeah in which case maybe he was going for the ones that relate more to him or like you know tenderloin which i think is about uh sex workers and stuff like that so immediately he's like oh yeah i like all that corazon Oro is a love song radio is about a love of radio and they're also that one's that one is sort of tongue-in-cheek but you know also really like really well done it's like respectfully done because they've put some effort into it and tennis is about hating california you know i'm the one i really really like i uh i also like the fact that el jefe does uh the fat albert hey 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 <laughs> voice in it uh, i saw an argument online once of someone saying um i love the way that el jefe does that impression of james hetfield in this song and someone, <laughs> said, someone said that's not it's not James Hetfield, it's Fat Albert, and then like put a link to this, and you're like, fuck off, mate. Oh, is it a cartoon? It's clearly Metallica. <laughs> Who do you think Hefe's doing an impression of more? A cartoon or Metallica? <laughs> well, I'm sure he likes Metallica just fine, but so yeah, people are fucking weird, aren't they? Um I, I think I love I love the way these songs sound, these no effects songs. They the production is brilliant. I really, really uh, like it a lot. And um, Corazon de Oro might be my favorite, but... Um, yeah, it's good. Uh, but it's... Because that was my favorite Rancid song for a little while. Because um, I was so emo and heartbroken. Oh. But um, <laughs> but I think, uh, yeah, I, I really, really like the Rand, uh, the No Effects side. I, uh, I remember listening to it and just thinking, this is fucking incredible so yeah a 19 year old me was a 18 year old me was a uh, a very very big fan of uh of this 19 however old i was doesn't matter so yeah um so yeah any 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 closing thoughts on the no effects side um you know i think they do one thing i will say 
they do a really good job of. Um, I know you touched upon it. It's like, um, you know, I when I listen to Rancid, I, I'm always like blown away by how impactful uh, Matty Freeman's bass playing is on everything that they yeah. do. And I never once miss his bass playing on these covers. And I think that shows that they, they, they have really considered these songs when adapting them. And um, I think that's pretty impressive because, as I said, I think I think Matty Freeman is, you know, the, the spirit of rancid for me. And same, same. I, I think that, uh, you know, we always, you know, praise Fat Mike's bass playing. I think he's a much better bass player than people give him credit. And I think he once again shows that on here. Yes, to sort of slightly repeat my point, but maybe in a more succinct way. I think if you're not going to play Matt Freeman's bass lines, you've got to put something else there. And what he's put there yeah. is entirely himself. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. But the best of himself. I think he probably felt like he really had to push the boat out a little bit. Because that's definitely... If, if you're doing a cover of a Rancid song and the bass isn't up to it, that's the first thing people are going to... Yes, people are going to pick up on i will point out there's a wonderful there's a a singer songwriter called molly tuttle t-u-t-t-l-e who does a she's like a folky finger picky sort of uh, americanery slightly bluegrassy um singer songwriter and she does a version of olympia washington mm. that's fucking brilliant um and it's so not the sort of like it's so not her genre. Like she's she's I've seen her do like live performances of it, and she's like, oh yeah, when we were younger, we'd always have you know rancid. You know, comes from a, a punk. You know, has punk in her background, but you know the music she makes is very much not that. And it's a stunning version. It's it's incredible. Um, I won't give any spoilers, but uh, it's very very good. So do check that one out as well. Um, uncharted territory for us now, Rad. Mm, yeah, we're going to be talking in depth about a band that isn't no effects. How exciting for us! And leaving it in the edit. <laughs> <laughs> so that's going to be uh, that's going to be an interesting one. So, uh, so your your preferred half of the record? Yeah, but that's not to say that it isn't without its uh, low points. I, I do I'm... think there's one or two of the rancid tracks that I think are a bit silly. There's no um, such thing as a perfect crime. <laughs> but I, I think that rancid have done a better job with song choices here because okay. I think that the songs they choose are both uh, like they're good songs. I'm in, excited to hear them. Uh, I think that they put their own um, uh, twist on them. Hmm. And I think the majority of them are pretty great. Um, you know, there, there's a couple bits here and there that I would change. I don't think the chorus on Moron Brothers kicks in in the way that I want it to. I think they changed the the time signature of it slightly. Yes, that's the first one that points out. I, actually, Moron Brothers and Bob, I like both of them. But for some reason, they've both chosen bits Tim has chosen two songs to sing that have got like novelty vocal bits in them. Yeah. They just get left out. 
Like at no point did he go do 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 do. And oh, I lost sleep over how much I wanted to hear that. But, yeah, um, absolutely. But um, and then Matt joins in the background. <laughs> do, 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 you know, it, <laughs> what a cacophony that would be. That, that like, does sound like the Muppets. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. That, why? Why have uh, Rancid not? appeared on the Muppets. I think that they would... I want to see uh, Lars and Tim turn up on Sesame Street or something. I think that'd be a lot of fun. That would be good. Although, uh, yeah, I mean... That, Oscar that's... the Grouch would be annoyed that someone else is in his bin. Yeah, the, the, the original crust punk Oscar the Grouch. <laughs> He's got green hair and he lives in a bin. You might as well join Leftover Crack. Um... <laughs> well, his real name is Francois Sherpatel. <laughs> His real name is Francois Schiffertel. Um To to understand that in joke, you'll have to go and listen to the Midlife Punk podcast um, split that we did. Yeah. We're discussing a split here. We did a split with Midlife Punk podcast. Oh, we didn't call it a split. We should have done. Never mind. Next time. <laughs> Next time. Um, yeah, they can do an episode all about no effects, and we'll interview some uh, Slovenian punk band no one's heard of. <laughs> so good episode that available from all good podcast providers absolutely yes midlife punk podcast in general do listen to it uh tom and nihilism uh cracking chaps and uh deserve your listens um yeah no more yeah the um yeah because they just sort of have like sort of hanging chords of they are the moron brothers and it doesn't really flow i was just like i was kind of waiting for the chorus in the song because i think the verse is good like i do think uh, i do enjoy the moron brothers cover yeah but then like i'm kind of like waiting for that chorus to kick in because i'm like oh i've rancid are doing no effects this is so exciting i i think this chorus is going to be dead cool and then because they like it it sounded a little bit unfamiliar because like they changed like i guess it's like the time signature or or whatever um it didn't quite kick in in the way that i was hoping it would i I do agree. That is, yeah, because I like the rest of that song. Yes, I agree. Yeah. I I really like it. Um, and I mean, you know, that's it. It's a statement of intent, isn't it? You're starting off. Pardon me. Both of these uh, sides, because I imagine, you know, on the vinyl, one side is no effects, one side is rancid. Both sides start with just the bass on its own. You know, mm. I'm the one, ding, ding, ding. And then with more of us, you got, ding, 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 ding. And so you've got, uh, it It does feel like there's a bit of a sort of a, a bass thing going on. Well, I like, suppose when you like think about it. They're sort of side-eyeing each other a little bit, you know. <laughs> they, what, one thing that you could say is similar about NoFX and Rancid is like, to a certain degree, they're both kind of bass-led bands. Uh, the, the, the bass yeah. does a lot of work in the background. Yes, absolutely. Well, if you've got Matt Freeman in your band, you just say, "Just do what you reckon, Matt." You know, and <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and if the songs that he writes, songs that he doesn't write, and with no effects, the bass player writes the songs. So, you know, I think he does write most of them on guitar, but you know, you, the, the bass gets a lot of consideration. But yeah, mm-hmm. so we move move into another bass-led uh, track, Sticking in My Eye, where we've just got uh, four rounds of the riff, but the third round is just uh, just a bass solo because he can, <laughs> which uh, which I love. Uh, I think it's uh, really good. Lars does a great job on the vocals here. 
Yeah, and I think uh, sticking in my eye and Bob, these next two tracks, uh, th- this is my highlight of the album. I think this is the real, the real peak of it. I, I, I love these two covers. Um, mm. And yeah, really interesting that like sticking in my eye uh, starts so familiar, and then it kind of like deviates a little bit and, and becomes like its own thing, and then it kind of goes back into uh, it being a little bit more recognizably no effects, but. Um, you know, and I'm trying to work out if this song, uh, this sticking in my eye cover, stands out because the cover's really good, or is it just because the original song is really good? Um, to be honest, I think this is this is probably the the least messed with. Yeah, and, and it, this is it's, it's the most note for note, apart from the little bass flourishes and stuff. And I think this is why, like, I complain that for the song choices on the no effects half because i don't I, I think rancid have covered some pretty big no effects tracks here i think sticking in my eye and bob at the time are two real big big no effects songs and uh, I, I don't think they change too much i don't know my feeling on the song choices here is that rancid have gone what can we make sound like rancid yeah yeah you're right what what is already similar to what we would do and no effects have gone how can we make these songs sound like us so the difference between the original and the no effects side is greater than the difference between the original and the rancid side yeah i think you're right did that make any sense at all it it does yeah okay good good i I think i think you're right um because i think bob in particular like i'm like oh yeah this is of course this is a rancid song of course it is because it starts (laughs) off with the same chords as roots radical (laughs) of course so so um you know so when you say you want no no effects to uh to to do roots they sort of did although i I can't remember which came out first. actually bob came out first but i'm not claiming any no one owns the chords c and f by the way i don't want (laughs) to not trying to spread you know drama where there isn't any but um yeah i i think the bob is great i think it's tim's best vocal he only sings lead on two of these songs but um he does yeah more Rose, which he does in the lower i just thought on hell but then um bobby sings in a sort of more 90s voice of tim armstrong i suppose <clears throat> but yeah i really like it i like the uh Lars gets to uh, do a, a nice fun solo where there would have been a, um, a the trumpet. Yeah. Um, and um, and uh, yeah, we got the, the the running bass line through it and stuff like that. Really, really nice uh, bit of work. It does sort of Bob craps out a little bit at the end because it just has the hanging guitar when it would have been. How funny would that be? That would have been so funny. I, I, I'm not suggesting that Rancid don't have a sense of humour, but I don't think they have enough of a sense of humour to make themselves look like that. That would be so funny, though. It wouldn't. It be just everything would. Yeah, the world would be a little bit of a better place if that happened. But hey, you know, they're they're cool. And and it's funny, really, because I know that rancid probably haven't done that because you know uh 
a sense of humor isn't what you think of when you think of rancid so they're kind of like deviating from that but then the next track i think is absolutely fucking hilarious this is probably (laughs) probably the most talked about track on this album oh is it i would imagine it is it's I think it's the longest song on the album. Oh, there's a couple three-minute ones on the No Effect side. Oh, is there? Well, it's certainly the longest one Rancid do. Yeah. It's the slowest one. Yeah, it, it's that's quite my repetitive, main, this one. That's my main issue with this, is that if the drums had been double speed, it would have at least had a sense of urgency. Because it's not actually slower than the No Effects version. But the drums are half-time. And it's odd because, you know, like, it is quite a funny song, even when no effects do it. And I understand that, like, you know, like, there is, it's not a joke song. Like, they do kind of mean what they're singing, but there's something unavoidable about, you know, like, I, I don't believe anything that Fat Mike says. So I find... Uh, no effects version of Don't Call Me White uh, a lot easier to listen to there's something just <laughs> I think after listening to Rancid <laughs> sing uh, Don't Call Me White I've decided that the whitest thing imaginable is Lars Friedrichsen saying Don't Call Me White It's just. Well, this isn't Lars, this is Matt really? can you not tell? I'm, hey, I'm not the biggest of... Uh, of uh... No, I couldn't. I, I always thought this was them. Lars. You couldn't tell this was Matt Freeman? Don't call me one. <laughs> I just, I've never really heard Matty sing before, or not, not knowingly. He, he doesn't sing a lot. He doesn't sing any leads on Outcome the Wolves. I don't think he sings at all on um, Life Won't Wait. And I can tell why. <laughs> he sings he sings lead on some of Let's Go and he sings like half of well in fact Tenderloin is a Matt Freeman song. Ah, interesting. Um and I love Matt Freeman's voice uh on the Rancid songs. I it's very high in the mix in this one as well. It's not really blended in. It's very no. front and center. Um he again so- sounds like a muppet. It's the weirdest thing because it sounds, it's got the least interesting bass on it. And it's the one that he's singing. Um, mm. But yeah, because like on, on Let's Go, he's got so many great songs. Um, and uh, on Rancid 2000, he's got some great, he's, I, I just really, really like him. Um, uh, unironically enjoy his singing voice. Um, and they've given him a, it, if the drums were double time I'm sure there's some AI bot that can give you this version with like the double time drums and whatnot. but yeah it sort of plods along for me and it's not there's no impact to it yeah it's and shame. I, I think you know. you're like uh, you're right about how it's just sort of like you know it comes around again and again and, it, you know, like you could cut at least 20, 30 seconds out of this and not lose anything. No, absolutely. 
if you just bumped it up in the speeds, that would be the the way you'd want it to be done. But um, yeah, it's not one I like to dwell on. It's one that people sort of go. I've heard people go, "Oh, that that's a shit album." Have you heard "Don't Call Me White"? I'm like, that's. I mean, if there's only if that's your problem that one of the songs out of twelve you don't like, pretty good going for an album, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, um, that's not people's only problem with this. People have problems with it all, all the time. But the thing is, it does then segue into one of their most triumphant covers. Yes. Which is The Bruise, which I think is really great because it, it's slightly faster and it has a really, really cool bass line in it. It's a good choice, this. And, uh, yeah. you know, like, this is one where you go like, oh, yeah, of course they're going to do Bruise because... Yeah. It's the no effect song that sounds maybe most like Rancid, um, or at least like leans into what it's, they do. It's a legit oi song, so yeah. and and Rancid uh, fuck with oi, so it makes sense that they could uh, they could incorporate this quite easily. And again, they didn't really have to do much to it. Again, they've they've just put in that Rancid bass line, sped it up a little bit. Are there any no effect songs that you would have liked to have heard Rancid cover? I would have been interested in having them do something that was more skate punky originally. Mm. Although having heard Don't Call Me White, maybe I don't. But, <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? At this point, we'd had Valum, we'd had So Long, we'd well, had Heavy Petting Zoo, we'd had. Surely um, they should have done I'm Telling Tim. <laughs> maybe i mean that's it you'd, you'd have thought i'd have liked to have heard them done one of the riffier uh things punk rock elite or you know something like that i think uh yeah dinosaurs will die that would have been uh yeah that would have been an interesting one i think um i think they've definitely gone for i mean the latest album they have this was released in 2002 and the latest album they have is 1994's Punk and Droblek. There's no, there's no scar on the rancid side. Rancid don't tend to blend scar and punk. They do one or the other. Mm, but you know, like mm. there are no effects scar songs they could have done. You know, like uh, I don't know, Rico or All Out of Angst or I don't know. Yeah, I guess so. I think um... Eat the Meek. That would have been interesting, and, and did that in like a life won't wait kind of style. Yeah, absolutely. Like big, yeah, full dub drop kind of vibe. Yeah, I don't know. It's um, I think yeah, I think something. I think actually, I haven't really considered it a huge amount, but I think dinosaurs will die would be uh, would be an interesting uh, interesting one for Rancid to do. I think bottles to the ground would be interesting. Yeah, yeah, that would be good as well. Yeah, like... the Valum have something, yeah, something off of there, maybe a slice of that. You know, I'm not interested in hearing them doing uh, Clams Have Feelings too, but uh, <laughs> yeah. But I think uh, something a little more, I don't know. Oh, chance I say. Yes. That would be pretty fun. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, um, yeah, I, I think, I think they definitely, I think Rancid played it a lot more safe in their choices perhaps than no effects did and then it's all how, how interesting is it that whilst they are playing it safe they still put don't call me white in the middle 
Maybe they just love the song. <laughs> maybe maybe they were just like definitely want this. Yeah. Or they should have done murder the government instead. I think. Oh, that would have been cool. That or Matt Freeman suspected what Mike might do to his bass lines and went right. I'm going to do that to his song. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, that's, that's your conjecture, Your Honor. But um, it's my theory. Um, but yeah, still, I still don't skip it. Really, I still don't skip it. No, I've got, I've got such a huge amount of time for Matt Freeman, and I really like his. Uh, he had a, a a band called the Devil's Brigade that was like a rockabilly um, side project he did, and he's in a sort of motorheady style band called Charger, and they're really really good. Um, and so I like um, I like I really really love Matt Freeman and uh, even like his voice. So unironically and without any apology. So yeah, which brings us to the final track. Mm. Vanilla Sex. I think it's a it's an odd choice for me. I agree with you in uh, you know you think Rancid's thought process is like which of these songs are most like a Rancid song because I do think this is one where you go with well, that fits into that like a, 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 along with a lot of the songs on the Rancid side. Um, am I right in thinking that you prefer this to the original NoFX version? I it's not that I prefer it; it's the one that I'm most familiar with because I ah, okay. I think it's from S and M Airlines. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I didn't own S and M Airlines until much more recently, so this was really the first exposure I had to Vanilla Sex, uh, the song. I've, I've been very <laughs> bad at sex for a number of years up until this release, um, <laughs> but. Um, this is the first sort of experience. So, so the 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 rancid version is sort of the version in my mind, uh, and I don't particularly care for either of them. I've got to say. Yeah, and I think it's an odd, odd, odd one to end on. I think this one is performed better because 2002 Lars is a much better singer than 1986 Mike. Yeah, fair. Um, but the whole band in general. So so the, the performance all around is better. Um but they also throw in that rancid riff that which is from a, a song on uh is it St. Mary no. I can't remember. It's from uh, a song on Let's Go. So they've uh, actually put uh, thing but yeah, it is a bit of an anti climax. Yes it is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I see to be honest, I understand this one less than I understand "Don't Call Me White." Yeah, I think it's I think its placement makes it stranger as well because as, as I mean, I mean, this is closing the whole album, depending on which way around you listen yeah. to it, and it's not doesn't feel like much of a closer. I mean, I, I think I think "Bruise" would have been a perfectly reasonable last track. "Bruise" would have been would have been the obvious choice for me, really. Yeah. So yeah, so that'll stick in my eye, mate. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, that'll stick in my eye. I should close this. Those two would make absolute sense to close it because the others sort of peter out a little bit. Rancid mm. don't really, like, literally, don't stick the landing on this for my money. And I think if if you want to cover something from S and M Airlines, I think you should cover the Fleetwood Mac track. <laughs> and I think Rancid should do "Go Your Own Way." <laughs> I uh, I can't. Uh... 
I could also hear them doing S&M Airlines, you know. Yeah. And they were flew S&M Airlines again. S&M Airlines, I'll come. That would be good. I think, yeah. I mean, to be honest, if, if Ramsey were going to do Fleetwood Mac, uh, don't stop talking about tomorrow. <laughs> they need, I mean, they've got Matty Freeman, so they need to do the chain. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, just came by himself going, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I just want to hear Lars Friedrichren say, running in the shadows. <laughs> yeah, running in the shadows with my gang. <laughs> Don't forget about my gang. Um, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, thunder only happens when it's raining on the streets. Um, yeah, so <laughs> could do this all day. And uh, that's not necessarily what people want. If it is, do let us know. Podcast at gmail.com. And yep. also do let us know if you've listened to this, let us know your thoughts. Let us know if yeah. there's any no effect songs you want to hear Rancid cover, any Rancid songs you'd like to hear no effects cover. Like we'd love to hear what people's views on this are. Because there's also there's I I said um there is another split that no effects have done with a band called the Spits. Oh, okay. But that was not a cover split. Sure, yeah. It was original song split, so I will point that out. There'll be someone saying they've done more than that. I guess they have, but the only one where they've the BYO style one has been this one and the one with Frank Turner. So, um, which we will get to in due course, but it won't be for a little while yet. We've got uh, a lot of material in between then and now. Nine years of some of uh, No Effects's more prolific eras. So that's exciting. Um, so yeah, so what do you think this this one you're going to be going back to at any point? Um, maybe for individual songs. Right. Uh, I think I definitely want to listen through the No Effects side again. Um, the, a couple of those songs don't really stick in my head. Um, uh, yeah, and and I do think the the Rancid side in particular has some really interesting covers. I think sticking in my eye and Bob are very good i think moron brothers and brews are acceptable uh and i don't think much of the other two um but again you know and i know i've said it a few times but i just want no effects to cover roots radicals that's all i want i can already hear it in my head and it sounds brilliant (laughs) it does sound good um it's interesting they um there's a little spoiler for when we do the Frank Turner no effects split. I think because because the songs there are so different to one like stylistically Frank Turner is sort of folk slash sort of alt folk indie folk kind of yeah you know style and no effects are skate punk hardcore whatever you want to call them. I think the differences mean that there's a lot more scope for reinterpretation. Yeah. And therefore you get a, it's probably a more interesting exercise in that sort of academic way. Yeah. That's, you know, straight off, you're taking acoustic songs. Some of them are like solo acoustic songs and then putting an entire band behind them, you know, that kind of thing. And, and so, um, and it's also a shame that Rancid hadn't released more stuff up until this point because I think there's plenty of tracks on Indestructible I would like to hear No Effects have a go at. Um, yes, I think I think that they've both 
Well, actually, no, no effect because 2002. So no effects covered antennas, which was from Rancid 2000. So they've they've recorded songs that are like two years old. Yeah. And we've not got anything past 1994, like eight years old from the Rancid side of it. So mm. I don't know. I'd love to I'd love to um, find point, out yeah. from both bands what the process was of song selection, whether it was literally just, well, they're my favorite songs. So let's do them. You know, that's that's possible or. And I wonder if there was any songs left on the cutting floor, like because I'm guessing they didn't just choose six songs each and stick to those songs. I think they probably would have had a go at some others as well. Yeah, that's an interesting point, isn't it? And none of them have ever surfaced. Mm. And there's no other instances of Rancid or NoFX covering covering each other's songs, whether live or... I don't believe so. I don't think Rancid have ever played any of these songs live. Mm. And no effects have stuck to radio because I think it is. I think it's there's good. a novelty, the novelty aspect. It is great as well. There's no two I, ways about. I also it. never knew that Billy Joe Armstrong is a co-writer. Yes, well, he nearly joined Rancid. <laughs> he was offered the role, but he wanted to stick with Green Day. Um, and uh, look where that got him. Uh, and so, yeah, before <laughs> Lars Fredrickson was offered the position of second guitarist in Rancid, uh, Billy Joe Armstrong was uh, was involved because they're both sort of How Bay Area, Gilman Street type. So yeah, and so for that little brief period of time that he was in Rancid or, or associated with Rancid, he uh, he co-wrote Radio. That is cool. And it is one, of, and it is a, a stone cold Rancid classic. Yeah, I've got a I've got a bootleg video of a, a Rancid gig from about 1995 94 or 5 <clears throat> and um and this weird bloke comes on in the encore and he's wearing like a suit trousers a white shirt and black braces and like black shoes and he comes on to sing um radio with them and it took years of me owning this because it was like filmed from the balcony in like Brixton account or something like that. And it took me years of owning this video, and I've watched it loads to work out that it was Davy Havoc from a pre-spooky <laughs> AFI when they were still like pure hardcore. Wow! Because um, they had a they had an album cover that was like a Reservoir Dog style thing, so I think they wore like suits and stuff. Um, and so he came on and sang uh, sang radio with them. It was. Um, it took me so long to work out that that's who it was, but yeah. So, um, so yeah. So that is um, Surfer and BYO Split Series Volume Three. It's really like uh, interesting doing like these episodes because obviously like, these are two EPs that I hadn't heard of at all, mm. and it just like I don't know. It just adds a little bit of texture to uh, the back catalogue we're going through. It really does. I think um, I have a lot of time for both of these, and I do, I do have um, some of the nostalgia goggles on with regards to uh, the BYO split, because I really, really like the whole thing and do listen to it as one whole piece. Uh, I'm, I'm happy with it that way around. I, um, 
I I sort of I remember thinking that No Effects did a better job than Rancid when I got it, mm-hmm. and I was more of a Rancid fan at that point than I was a No Effects fan. That's interesting. And I remember thinking, and I I I remember thinking maybe was it something to do with No Effects being better musicians than Rancid? Like, broadly speaking, like, were, are they able to take that and change it? Was it that they had more imagination? And I was just trying to sort of work out why it would be that the, in my mind, better band. I, I do think NoFX are a little bit more adaptable than Rancid. I, I think it goes back to what you were saying, like, the Rancid have picked songs that sound the most like Rancid and done them, whereas NoFX mm. have changed how the songs sound to make them sound like no effect songs yes and and i think but i mean when you're when you're that age you know your favorite band can do no wrong and every other band no matter how much you like them crumbles into insignificance in their presence and i think it was one of those bits where i started going ah maybe no band is perfect (laughs) maybe maybe there are uh, a pros and cons to every single group, and who knows? So yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting one, but um, yeah, glad you heard it. Yeah, absolutely. It is cracking in it. If you've not heard these, uh, do recommend it. Um, obviously, we uh, you know go ahead and uh, check these out. We the, the titles are in the uh, in the title, so you can find them and give them a listen before you uh, have a go. Uh, I think that might be more useful for some of these lesser known projects. These aren't like mainstays. Um, yeah. You know. So, uh, brilliant. Well, uh, we're going to bounce out into the outro, whatever that may be. And uh, yeah, we'll see you on the other side. Well, you probably don't need to listen to those albums now. We've done such a such a bloody good job of introducing the idea to you. So... Uh, <laughs> You'll know. Um, I, I'm very fond of this episode. I like it because it's got two properly solid but kind of unique and off-kilter NoFX releases, I think. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's something for, like, the real NoFX aficionados. Like, these are, like, real, like, deep dives on releases that, you know, aren't usually covered, really. Uh, they're not usually included in you know, no effects is top releases or whatever, but like they are interesting. And I think that they give you a, a real insight into uh, the band. I th- Yeah. I think that also it feels like the Rancid albums really sort of consider, or the, the their, their, their covers of the Rancid songs are very considered and been mm-hmm. thought about. Whereas the Suffer stuff is like, don't, 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 don't second guess yourself. Just do it done right boom next one yeah so it's kind of really cool to have those two approaches next to one another and you go oh wow okay so this is what happens when you want to do this that and the other and um and i think everyone gets a uh everyone gets a good shake on the uh on the rancid covers as well um you know, you get a bit of Hefe singing, you got, you know, also, you know, you got Melvin yelling on I'm the one, all sorts of stuff. We probably mentioned this in the uh, in the episode. I can't remember. We recorded it a while ago, but <laughs> properly good though. So um yeah, let us know, punkrockelitepodcast at gmail.com. 
Which other bands, which of NoFX's peers do you think we should talk about? And which of their releases you're particularly interested in hearing us uh, cover? Because we are planning on covering, you know, like the big releases of uh, the bands most closely associated with them. But we'd also love to uh, review some of like, you know, the, the lesser known stuff that you, you would like to hear the background on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll approach it the same way. The only thing is, is that we may not be able to offer the same sort of in-depth knowledge. You know, I'm, you know, um, Offspring have not released a book. True. So, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, for, because, um, you know, we're looking at sort of their peers. So the sort of people they were signed alongside at Epitaph, you know, at that time there was uh, when, uh, you know, just before the punk explosion all the rest of it but uh yeah let us uh let us know we'd love to hear uh which ones don't worry this will still be primarily no effects focused and and interviews with guests will still be sort of broadly no effects focused but you know we're, we're just looking ahead because we know that they can't release records as quickly as we can listen to them for a week and then talk about them and that's fine that's not weird on them uh, that's not laziness although they have just released that new uh, box set of um 10 songs um or 10 demos and 10 acoustic versions of said demos which i listened to the other day someone put them on youtube very nicely and uh, there's some very good stuff in there mm. and others so that's worth <laughs> worth listening to as well, so we may, we may well uh, we may well look at that, but um, yeah, that one's going to be trickier because people have far less access to that. We have to wait until someone videos their own turntable, <laughs> just shows you the thing playing out because um, you really get you really get that vinyl sound through YouTube. Anyway, well, they they've also announced that they're going to be doing forty songs, forty cities. Um, as a release, and I'm, oh, I'm sure we'll, on, yeah. we'll we'll have to review that at some point as well. Oh well, yeah, our LPs. They did the Lintz one, which is where Mike yes. didn't have a voice. Like, oh, was that the one they released? Yeah, I thought. I, I mean, I'm guessing they did it as a joke because, <laughs> like, Melvin sang a lot of it. I think Hefe sang a couple. Um, <laughs> didn't notice that. Yeah, That's yeah. so funny. Yeah, um, which is just incredible. Uh, but I think. I think it's real. Like people were like, "This is an outrage." I go, this is no effects. What on earth did you expect? It's like, <laughs> come on, guys. But because it was like a limited edition <laughs> vinyl, all the limited edition vinyl nerds. I don't know if you've noticed, but not much of a sense of humour amongst those ones. Um, they were like, "No, but I wanted it to be of the good one." It's like, well, why would they release the good one when they could release the ropey one? Because that's <laughs> funnier. It's like, come on, guys. Um, but yeah, who knows? Because we thought they were going to be doing like a best of compilation. And hey, they might still do yeah, that. There's plenty I of guess. time and plenty of recordings. Yeah, you're right. Um, but yeah, interesting. I, I hadn't realized it was the Linz one where he'd lost his voice. Yes. So um, yeah, we'll see how the outrage goes. But I mean, to be honest, at this point, because everyone's thinking... Well, if no effects release a thing, that's one other thing they won't be releasing because it's like all like 
people are feeling like they're on borrowed time now. It's like, oh, well, the minute this touring happened, Mike will be off and producing, you know, the co-defendants and, you know, he'll forget all of this stuff. And it's like, I'm not sure that's 100% true, but it could No, I, th- I think they've been quite clear. Like, they, they plan on continuing in the studio, just not necessarily touring. Yeah. Um, and again, we don't know, but people are acting like... It, it reminds me, and this is a bit heavy but this reminds me of when terry pratchett uh announced he had um dementia mm-hmm. and then the first book he released after that was not a Discworld book and a load of apparent terry pratchett fans people who claim to be fans going why is he wasting time releasing not a Discworld book <laughs> like, go fuck yourself you cunt he could he could he could in have every right to go well this is happening, so I'm going to go and spend all this time with my family and not write a single word because yeah, I know. My, and 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 had he done that, I would have been like, yeah, do you know what? You you fucking earned it, mate. You go right ahead. Yeah. But instead, he released a book, which when you read it, you go, oh wow. I wonder if this is in any way allegorous to what he's going through. Oh, but no, you didn't fucking read it, did you? Because it didn't have <laughs> wizards in it. Also, like some of his later stuff that was co-written with other people, mm. is brilliant. So oh, the, the the Long Earth, uh, Stephen Baxter stuff, and all that. Yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah no, um, um, but it, it reminds me the sort of it reminds me of that. Like every single release, like there's a finite. There's always a finite number of releases. But like, well, if they release that one, then that means they'll never release this, or they'll never do that. And it's like, fucking calm down. They don't owe you anything. <laughs> I really don't. That's something I really do feel quite strongly about is, you know, the they don't owe you. If you've bu- I've bought every one of their albums. Okay. In that case, you're owed every one of their albums. That's fine. You, yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? It's, I bought one of their T-shirts, right? Did you get the T-shirt? Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. Transaction complete. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, yes. It's, you know, they, they, could, they could have just gone, we're not doing anything again. Bye. <laughs> you know, they could have li- literally, just, they could have just, you know, anti-flagged it. <laughs> yeah let's without, without they the didn't dreadful, do that <laughs> without the dreadful reason obviously but they could have just done that they could have just gone no turn that off now flick the off switch that is off no effects is off now but they didn't so you know fucking grow up <laughs> i don't think people who feel that way really listen to this show or they if they were they were the one that left that one star review on apple doesn't matter i'm over it um <laughs> so anyway thank you ever so much for listening as usual uh we appreciate it greatly um and thank you red for being here thank you eddie for having me here well well, of course i wouldn't do it without you i did once and it was boring (laughs) um no offense to that episode but yeah so we'll uh we'll see you all next time take care everyone bye-bye goodbye thank you for listening to punk rock elite it was a pick scraped and fruitcake co-production by eddie french and red redmond if you're not following us on instagram or subscribe to the podcast please do the main theme and production was done by eddie french please contact us at punkrockelitepodcast at gmail.com thank you